You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Wednesday, we'll check in with the Alabama head coach, Nick Saban. What is he telling these teams about Tua? We'll talk to Rick Stroud, great columnist, Tampa Bay Times. His thoughts on Gronk coming to town. Boy, that happened quickly. In the words of Ron Burgundy, that escalated quickly. And it did. And he passed his physical. And, of course, we seized the moment and we came up with our Rob Gronkowski t-shirt, the Gronkineers. Uh, that's up on the website, by the way, if you'd like to order. And you have until, we well, have five more shopping days before we decide to take down the Tom Brady t-shirts that we have on the website. Unless Tom caves in just to, you know, the uh, public pressure and letting us, this little show, continue to have the Tampa Bay t-shirts. But uh, we will comply. And uh, you have until the 27th, and then we will take that down. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. And we say good morning to our radio and TV partners. You can watch this program for absolutely free. In fact, we'll even pay you. YouTube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. Uh, we got a winner on Fritzy's scoreboard contest. Carl in Chicago. 34 is a number. An 83. Oh, Paulie with a hand up quickly. 34-83. That's uh, Walter Payton and Willie Galt and Ooh. from the 85 Bears who won the title. Everything comes back to the 85 Bears. Yep. Uh, good guess. Good problem guess. solved. All right, Todd, uh, does it have to do with this day in sports history? Uh, it doesn't have to do with this day in sports history. It has to do with an occasion for each. One is rather beastly, one a bit cuckoo. One rather beastly, one a bit cuckoo. Feels like you're really going far. Like yeah. you're really, yeah. You're. Yeah. I think it's good. You know what it is. I think you'll appreciate well, no, the clue. But but you got, you got a little crazy because I w- I was able to guess it usually in about five seconds when I would see it each morning and then right, you go. Right, because I could have put twelve and eighty-seven, which would have been terrible numbers to use today. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. So thirty-four is beastly. Uh, thirty-four is beastly. Eighty-three is a bit cuckoo. Okay. Uh, who's, who's 34? Marshawn Beast Mode Lynch, 34th birthday today. That was, Paulie said Beast Mode, and I go, that's his, not his number. Uh, that's... Because he's 34 years old today. So that's pretty tough. Well, I've got to make it a little tougher. You're winning a, one of our awesome shirts, and I can't Well, just, the shirts aren't that awesome. I mean, these are just leftovers. I mean, you but really... You've got to earn it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, and 83 is okay, cuckoo. Okay, he's a bit cuckoo. Yeah, Paulie. The uh, uh, director of photography on One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest turns 83 today. <laughs> That's I'm extremely close. That's extremely close. As far I was as actually kidding. Birthday. I was trying to go something really obscure that no one had any chance against. You pretty much got it, but not the director who's 83 years old from Cuckoo's Nest. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson's 83 oh, today. Oh, come on. Oh, That's One's a beast. I thought you'd get that immediately. Beast mode beast. I, I, I don't have cuckoo. anybody's birthdays in front of me, Todd. You have it in front of you. Like no one's Googling it from their uh, quantum homes when I put the scoreboard out. They're all just guessing off the top of their head. God, the that is hard. 34th birthday, Marshall Lynch. 83rd birthday, Jack. Jack. Nicholson. Jack. I was very proud of those numbers. I yeah, mean, just all right. Kind of... Thank you, Tom. Uh, McLovin, update the poll results, and we'll bring in uh, Rick Stroud. Which QB selection are we going to say in five years was the most wrong? 38% say Tua. Second is Jalen Hurts. Ooh, all right. Let's bring in uh, the columnist uh, for the Tampa Bay Times, Rick Stroud, back on the program. I think I asked you last time you are on, how's morale? How's morale today in Tampa? Well, Dan, uh, you know, 
Bucks want to keep the party going. I mean, Tom Brady got kicked out of a workout the other day by a Parks and Rec lady, okay? So, you know, you <laughs> had to have some muscle coming in here. So he's got the guy that, you know, nobody wants the party more than Rob Gronkowski. And, and um, they're excited to have him. They think he's going to bring a lot to their football team. I think the fans are jacked up. And, um, you know, it's it, it just – who's next, right? I mean, we're just we're – Edelman, Edelman. Yeah, that's what I think. That's what I think. They should have a uh, kind of a mass singer Tampa Bay edition, you know, where you just the guy gets up there and <laughs> try to figure out, you know, it's Robert Kraft. No, you know, you just, you know, I mean, it's just crazy, no, right? Good. I mean, we're going to see Matt Damon and Mark Wahlberg and, and uh, Ben Affleck hang out at St. Petersburg. I mean, this is nuts. How did Brady end up in this park, and who is he in the park with? <laughs> uh, I don't know how he ended up in a park. I mean, I would think. For goodness sakes, they can find, you know, some place that's not like a municipal uh, Tampa, you know, tree-lined place. But um, my understanding is that, you know, he, he does want to find a place to work out with some of his guys. Um, I, I would think that would be indoors more than outdoors. But, yeah, it's just it's just kind of nuts. The Tampa mayor was on with the St. Pete mayor, and they were having their talk about coronavirus. And she goes, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, we found that this guy was, you know, working out, and then one of our parks and rec lady came up, and it turned out to be Tom Brady. So, yeah, he got kicked out. Well, when I heard uh, Tom Brady had been cited, and then I said, wait a minute, how are they spelling cited? Is yeah. it with an S or a C? Yeah. Isn't there any room in the Jeter house that, that he could work out? Of course there is. I mean, his media room is you could hold a passing camp in there. Are you kidding me? The thing's 30,000 square feet, but uh, – yeah, but I guess he wanted some fresh air or something. It, it was it was just a, a a weird story, and it wouldn't have happened in Brookline. I can tell you that. You have Gronk coming to town, and and I I'm cautiously optimistic. I I still think this is a playoff team. I think they'll firm up the offensive line. Maybe they trade for Trent Williams, but you know they get the offensive line situated. Now you got a legitimate playoff team here. I don't know what Gronk's addition is going to mean, and I don't know what it means for the future of OJ Howard. So can you fill us in with some of the gray area there? Yeah, I, I think what the addition means is that, you know, for, for all the antics that you see with Gronk off the field, I mean, he's a seriously hard worker, right? And, and Brady, when he came here, made the Bucks aware that Gronk wanted to play here, wanted to play again, wanted to play in Tampa with him. Um, you know, so he's got somebody he's familiar with. That, that's important. He's, he's going to help that room. And right now it's a crowded one, right? You mentioned O.J. Howard now. You know, obviously, if they get blown away by an offer, and I don't know what that would be, a second-round pick or something like it, they would consider trading them. they got a lot of tight ends with Cam Brait and, and um, some others. But um, right now, you know, unless something happens again in the next two days, I mean, their plan is to go with a lot of 12 personnel. We saw, you know, Brady do that with Aaron Hernandez and Gronk up there in New England. Um, they certainly could, could line up that way. And uh, they think that O.J. Howard, who's, you know, he's still in on his rookie contract, so he's a cheap He's a cheap guy right now, and, and they don't have to make a decision until May on the, on the fifth-year option. So uh, could he get traded? Yes. Uh, it hasn't happened yet. Um, I don't know what leverage they really have. Everybody knows they got a surplus of tight ends. So we'll know, we'll know pretty soon. How are season ticket sales? Well, they were through the roof. Uh, you know, the, the big question is, you know, can people use them? I mean, you know, Ticketmaster is not refunding right now, so that's a problem. But uh, they had, you know, the day they signed Brady, they had like an eight – 8,000 waiting list online just to just to be able to order them. So, look, they'll sell out that building. There's there's no doubt about that. This, this just ratchets it up even more. And um, you know, but again, here we are in you know a 100-year pandemic, and 
no one really knows if they do play whether fans can actually go to the games or not. So that that part's more than unfortunate. Of course, there's bigger things you know going on in the world than um, than football certainly, but um, but band, you know they're excited. I mean, how how could you not be right? Can you be objective and look at this team and 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 honestly look at them and say what you? It feels like they're like the Cleveland Browns last year where they were way too hot. And I said, this team is not a playoff team. Yeah, you know, I can't be objective. <clears throat> Excuse me, Dan, I'm getting choked up, not because of the question, but I can't be objective. I think, you know, I had a couple coaches tell me the way they would describe this team was below average, but improving. And so, you know, that, that's sobering, right, if you're yeah. hearing that from inside the building. That, you know, some, one, one person told me, we're not as good as everybody else thinks we are, but we're going to be pretty good. So you still got to do it on the field. I mean, this guy's played in the same for the same coach, the same system for 20 years, and so there's going to be adjustments, right? But they had a, a young defense. I mean, they got some guys back in free agency. They re-signed Shaq Barrett and Damacon Sue, of course, and Jason Pierre-Paul, and the secondary grew up. So, you know, the division's good. You've got to beat New Orleans. New Orleans still has better personnel. New Orleans still has three straight NFC champ- championships, and they still got Drew Brees. So, I mean, I, until you can – if you can knock those guys out, you're not even a favorite, in my mind, to win the division. What happens, though, we're talking to Rick Stroud, the uh, columnist for the Tampa Bay Times. What happens, though, Rick, is we in the media, we root for a story. Like, oh, I, yeah. like I was rooting for Brady to go someplace else because it would give me content to talk about. Gronk coming back gives us content. Draft coming, all these things. So we're sort of rooting for Tampa to do well as if we're going to say to Bill Belichick, oh, so you were the genius here? Or, you know, we want to get back at the evil empire, the New England Patriots, yeah. by rooting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I just feel like, and I saw Vegas, the odds, they went from the sixth uh, best odds to the fourth best odds to win the Super Bowl. That yeah, makes me nervous. Crazy. That makes me nervous here. Yeah, I'd be nervous. I mean, history says you're not going to the Super Bowl in your hometown, right? So um, they've got that going against them. But... But look, it is it is fun. It is a good story. You root for stories. No one's rooted harder for a story than me than covering a team that's got a three eight seven career winning percentage. So, I, I think that you know, uh, it is it is a good story. And look, these are good football players. I mean, Brady. He, no one's ever done this before at forty three, right? But but he, he he still can throw and he still can play. It's this is not Peyton Manning, you know, coming out of Indianapolis where he's all broken down. So. Uh, let's see how it goes. I mean, I think it could be fun. They had a decent football team last year. They were 7-7. Seven and seven. They should have done better. We know about the turnovers in Jameis Winston. Um, Bruce Arians is a hell of a coach. I mean, he didn't win those awards and all those games by not knowing football. So I think it's worth, uh, you know, if you're a Bucks fan getting excited about it or an NFL fan, I don't think it's going to be Michael Jordan with the Wizards. Um, you know, I, I think this is something that uh, that's legit. It's good to talk to you, Rick. Uh, would you rather have Brady and Gronk or the city hosting the Super Bowl? Ooh, wow. Um, yeah, I, you know, Super Bowls have been here. They're big events, man. I think I'd rather see Brady and Gronk. <laughs> Just saying. No, I get it. That's, that's probably the right answer there. But um, I'll let Tampa, you know, go after you now because you don't care about the city. <laughs> Yeah, here we go. <laughs> uh, thank you, Rick. We appreciate your time as always. Thanks, Dan. That's Take Rick care. Stroud. He covers the Buccaneers in the NFL for the Tampa Bay Times. Oh, boy. It's fun. It is. But we do root for stories. I, I, you know, and, and I had somebody who texted me to say, well, then who are you rooting for drafting Tua? And I said, I want him to either go really high or fall in the draft because I'm just rooting for the story. 
And then what happens to the draft? If Tua goes later, let's say he starts to fall. And I go back to the quote I got from a source who said he could go three or 23. What if he just, it's a free fall there. Or what if somebody goes up to get him? Or what if the Dolphins do take him in? All of this was a smokescreen. Like there's part of me that says, don't put me through this. Hey, you know what? They're not taking Tua. They're taking Justin Herbert. You know, the Dolphins are really interested in Jordan Love. I'm like, part of me wants there to be a little bit of chaos because this is what happens to the draft. And then once the draft happens, we forget about all the things that were said about all of these draft prospects. I mean, stuff is said, mean-spirited stuff, written, said. How did we find out that Tua broke his hand? Did somebody get information they should have shouldn't have gotten about? Like there's just it's crazy when it comes to the draft. Yeah, Paul. Again, going back to watching the 2017 draft last night, it happens really fast too. When Kansas City draft went up to get Mahomes, then the next pick, New Orleans took Marshawn Lattimore, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Houston, which was way down the board, you know, get move some draft capital to get up to get Deshaun Watson. They didn't think Watson would be there. They were surprised by it. They they talked to the GM on the draft coverage and said. We did not think in any scenario he would be available to trade up to. But then remember when we had Sean Payton on and he told me they were going to take Patrick Mahomes. And he went one pick before. But imagine that if... Because you'd have Patrick Mahomes who would not be playing with the Saints or would they have jettisoned Drew Brees? Like if you start to think about that, you go, okay, if they had drafted Patrick Mahomes... And once again, when you see these guys in practice and the players in practice know, you know, the Patriot players, you know, two of them talked about when Jimmy Jimmy G was in practice, Jimmy G was better than Tom Brady. Those are two players who were there who said, you know, you start to look around, you go, this he's pretty good. And then, you know, then you start to realize that Tom feels like the walls are closing in. Belichick's got his, you know, future pet, he's got his next quarterback. You know, Tom still wants to play. He's got TB12. I got Super Bowls to win. I want to be the greatest quarterback of all time. You can see where that would cause some unrest there. And, you know, that's where you're trying to figure all of this stuff out. And you make these decisions or you don't make these decisions. And the fact that the Saints had gone all in and gotten Patrick Mahomes, you change NFL history. If the Dolphins had signed Drew Brees, you change NFL history. I would love for somebody to do a story on the five biggest moves that, were, that weren't that were made that changed NFL history. Or the ten moves. Because you could think, you know, just the trickle down where you go, that's connected to that, that's connected to that, that's connected to that. I think it's a fascinating, fascinating story that's waiting to be told of the five most important moves that weren't made in NFL history. Yeah, Paul. Or moves that happened out of nowhere. If Peyton Manning doesn't have neck problems and just keeps on going with the Colts, yeah. does he get another title with the Colts? Does Andrew Luck and Andrew Luck goes where? He would have gone somewhere else. Yes, Todd. Rather have a wild draft moment as far as who goes where or a big deal or a wild, embarrassing, technical, virtual moment. Oh, I want I want a draft. I want something chaotic in the draft. I, I mean, I'm not rooting for somebody to have a technical glitch that – you know, something that we could laugh at, great. I don't want somebody embarrassed, but um, we do that for three hours here. You can tune in for that. But I I just want something that, because it feels like this draft might start to get boring. 
you got, you know, two is really interesting. Joe Burrow's off the board. You know, I got wide receivers and offensive linemen. Okay. Um, I'd like to have something where you go, wow, I did not see that coming. Yeah, McLevin. I can't believe you're not rooting for someone to be embarrassed by technical glitch. If that's well, I don't want to say that publicly. <laughs> Privately, when you know, in, in 45 minutes when we're off the air and I go, hey, I, you know, I'm really rooting for somebody to have an accident there. Did you see the horse game? That was a disaster. Well, all, you- hey, we could come up with the idea for horse that the mothership took, but, but that wasn't our idea. And they took it, and that's what they made it into. We can only do so much here. We can only program for so many networks. Yes, Eden. Right. The, the horse thing was a disaster, but nobody was sitting at home like, this is awesome. Look how terrible this is. Is this so much fun? It was like, God, this sucks. I don't want to watch this. You watch for 30 seconds, you got dizzy and like seasick and then turned it off. Yeah. I don't want the draft to be like that. No, I just, if somebody leaves their microphone on or somebody comes out of the bathroom, a dog is barking, a cat jumps up on you know, a table. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm okay with that. I think that could be fun. A kid, you know, screaming. Yeah, you know, that could be good. All right, we'll take a break. Nick Saban will join us coming up next year, 18 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. You check your email, Instagram, social media. You do this all the time. But uh, Discover is saying, how about you check something important like your credit? And Discover makes it quick and easy. Best of all, it's free. Discover is now offering FICO credit scores, and that's used by 90% of the top lenders. And you get it for free, even if you're not a customer. Checking your score, by the way, won't hurt your credit. And you can check each month for the changes. The Discover credit scorecard. Free for everyone. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Looking at these numbers for Tom Brady. Last season, New England tight ends combined for 37 catches. That was the fewest catches among all the teams in the league. So maybe an embarrassing amount of riches here for uh, Tom Brady in Tampa. He's got uh, Cameron Brate, O.J. Howard, and, of course, Rob Gronkowski. We're uh, waiting for Nick Saban. Is Coach Saban uh, with us, Paulie? Any minute. Any minute we'll talk to uh, Coach. Uh, Kyle in Tampa joins us. Hey, Kyle, what do you have for me today? Hey, Dan, 6'3", 250. Talking about Gronk being loyal to Brady, not necess- not necessarily New England. You know, how many fans do you think are like that? I have the distinguished pleasure of being married to somebody from Boston. She and all of her friends have already traded in their allegiances, <laughs> but it's not it's not just the ladies. Uh, I've got you know colleagues from Boston that are all in on on Tampa Bay uh, with their season tickets and and the straight fandom. So, also wanted to ask how many pints of Gronky Grog are the pirate bars going to brew up oh my uh, once the season gets going? Yeah, it's going to be quite an atf- atmosphere there in Tampa. It is. It'll be uh, a whole lot of fun. And Bruce Arians, and Bruce has been a quarterback's coach, offensive coordinator for some of the best quarterbacks in uh, the last 25 years. He's uh, Alabama head coach Nick Saban joining us on the program. Coach, how are you today? Doing great, Dan. How are you? I'm doing okay. I, I learned, it was reported that you learned how to text and email during the quarantine. Can you confirm or deny? Well, I receive emails. Um, I'm not much of a texter. I receive text. So the the big news was is I now have an email and I receive emails. <laughs> but 
Have you <laughs> sent an email on your own? No, I cannot. <laughs> and then te- who texts you? Oh, all kind of people text me. But, oh, okay. You know, if I need to respond, I just call them. <laughs> yeah, that's what we used to do. I tell my kids that. I say, why don't you just call me? Like, you know, not everything has to. If I text them, they'll respond. If I call them, they don't answer. I've been through the same program. How many calls are you getting about Tua? Uh, I don't, we probably had at least, you know, half a dozen teams call um, about Tua. Um, probably more than that about some of the other players, but uh, specifically about Tua. I think, you know, teams that are interested in a quarterback are going to be interested in Tua. Uh, other than that, you know, I think the other guys, uh, they're just interested in, in the other players that we have in the draft. What are you telling or reinforcing with these coaches who are interested in Tua? Well, Tua's a great player. You know, he's very instinctive. He's very accurate with the ball. He's got a great feel for the game. He's great personality. You know, really good person. Uh, great teammate to have on your team. He's a good leader. Um, and I think he's proven that over and over again. Um I think that, you know, from an injury standpoint, uh, what I've tried to tell teams is every time two has gotten hurt here, um, it, it's been extending a play where he should have never even got hit. Uh, so I think the lesson in self-preservation that he needs to learn as a quarterback so he doesn't take unnecessary hits are, are, is probably, you know, what he needs to learn how to do. Um, now, the guy's a great competitor, so he's always trying to make a play which you really don't want to take that away from them, but you also want them to, you know, know when there's nothing there and there's no sense in, you know, taking a hit that you don't need to take. Are you guys the first quarterback-coach combination to have hip surgery in the same year? Well, I never I never thought of it that way, but I guess you're right. Whose uh, hip's in better shape, though? Let me, let, let, me, let me say that. Well, he's in way better shape than me. <laughs> uh, well, no, his hip. Well, I, I think his hip is fine. You know, everything that our doctors say here about the way his rehab has gone, all his recheck physicals that we've done internally here, um, the healing process is great. The surgery went great. Uh, the rehab has gone very, very well. Uh, I have not seen Tua work out since, you know, we didn't have a pro day here, me personally. So I don't know where he is relative to what percentage he is today. Uh, but I think everybody's feeling is, is is he's going to continue to make progress and get back to 100% very shortly. What does Tua do better than Joe Burrow? Well, I don't like to make comparisons in players. You know, they're different style players. You know, Joe's a bigger guy. He's very athletic. Um, you know, he can run. Uh, he played on a very skilled team with a wide-open offense. Uh, good decision-maker. Joe extends plays. You know, I mean, but I don't like to compare players. Um you know, two is a little different style player, but I think both of them are very effective at what they do. I guess the thing that I that stands out, or I've been told many, many times, it's the common theme with Tua: the ball comes out of his hands differently than anybody else that a lot of people have seen. And I know Trent Dilfer went overboard saying that you know Tua throws the better ball than Dan Marino or Aaron Rodgers did, um, but there's something about Tua. That is magical. Chris Fowler said, I, first time I saw him in person and I watched the ball, it, it was different. There's just a different way he's throwing the football. Can you explain what that is? 
No, I, do. I, I think he's got great hands. I think he has a very quick release. I think he's very accurate with the ball. Um, and um, I, I can't I, – I, beyond that, I can't really explain it, but I do – I don't think those assessments are incorrect. Um, there is a, a special talent there when it comes to this guy's ability to throw the ball accurately, have t- touch on the ball, um, and do the things that – you know, guys have to do to play winning quarterback, you know. Um, so, you know, he is special. I, you know, I, I would probably, you know, just my experience as a college coach, Now I played against all those guys in the NFL when I was in the NFL, but as a college player, Drew Brees, when he was at Purdue and I was at Michigan State, you know, is probably the best comparison that I can make as college players. Um, all those guys that you talked about, you know, are a little different style guys. And, um, you know, they're all very, very good players. And I think Tua is going to be a very, very good player, too. You go back to the Dolphin days, and you talked about this. If somebody, and I'm paraphrasing here, so correct me if I'm wrong, but if you're passing on him, it's sort of like when the Dolphins passed on Drew Brees because he came over from the Chargers, had the injured shoulder here. But you go back to, like, like you're talking about how great Breeze was in college, but he's right there in front of you, and then you guys decided on Dante Culpepper. But what what was it about Breeze? Well, well, but, but it was the same scenario. It wasn't, you know, our first choice was to take Drew Breeze. Yeah. You know, it's the, the medical people made that decision, you know, relative to um, Drew Breeze's shoulder, his situation. It was his throwing arm and all that. That was a medical decision. It was not an organizational decision. You know, we wanted to take Drew Brees. He's the first guy that we brought in. He's the first guy that we made a deal with. All right, but it was a medical issue that created that. All right, so this may be the same scenario for whatever team is interested in Tua. You know, it's um, you know, it's going to be a medical decision. I don't think it's going to be a performance issue. Yeah, and and look, I'm not you know casting blame here. I'm just I was trying to understand where you were talking about. Hey, if you pass up on him, it's going to be like when you know we're looking at Drew Brees the same way. And of course, Drew ended up as you know the all-time leading passer in in NFL history. So that that was, I, and I hope you understand where that's coming from. I just wanted to understand what you were saying and comparing that to Tua. Yeah, well, I think it's the same scenario. I mean, if you pass on a guy, he has a chance to be one of the great players in the history of the NFL, in my opinion. How much fun – you got Judy and Ruggs who are going to go in the first round. Um, like, when you have that amount of talent there, do you, ha- do you ever have to keep somebody happy with either giving them the ball or throwing them the football? I think that was the unique thing about this receiver group, you know, because we have two more guys that you're going to be talking about next year. Um, and, you know, Smitty and, and um, uh, Waddle. Uh, so we had four guys. Um, and the <laughs> unique thing about this group was um, they, 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 they were all for each other. You know, there was never a selfish moment that we ever had to deal with. Uh, they all made a lot of great plays, uh, but they were never worried about who made the play. And they kind of understood that I may catch eight balls in this game, but somebody else may catch eight balls the next game. But if we go do what we're supposed to do, we're going to have the production that we need to showcase our talents. And and they all did that extremely well. I mean, and it's really unusual um, because a lot of times receivers, you know, are guys that can be a little bit uh, self-indulgent in terms of, you know, getting me the ball. And these guys were never that way. 
He's Nick Saban, Alabama head coach, uh, projected to have six players taken in the first round this year. When you uh, stumble upon an old college game that you uh, have coached in, do you stop by and watch it? An old college game that I've coached in. You know, I, I, I'm not much for watching old games where I know the outcome, uh, unless it's, uh, the, there's a technical aspect of the game that we're trying to use to prepare for a, the next game or another game. So um, I guess I don't. <laughs> but the past month, though, when you're watching TV, you flip through the channels. You haven't stopped on an Alabama game? No, no. You know, I really I, I have not. I well, don't. What are you watching? I spend all morning. I, well, I spend all morning watching film preparing for next year's season. I, I would watch. I, I, I've watched some of those golf things. You know, sometimes you know the the greatest rounds ever. Yeah. You know, maybe some great tournament or something. But when you spend all day on football, and then you go home at night, you <laughs> want to watch it on TV. I mean, that's that's not. I mean, I know everybody thinks I'm a grinder, but I, I don't. You know, there's a limit. I have a limit. <laughs> we all do. It's like when I go home, the last thing I want to do is talk sports. Right. I, exactly. I want to talk anything, music, you know. Yeah, well, even when we play a game, you know, like we'll have all kind of family come in for a game and we'll play the game in the afternoon and then I get home at 8 o'clock at night after I do a TV show and a press conference and talk to a bunch of recruits and all kinds of stuff and they'll <laughs> want to watch whatever game's on at night. And I'm like... I'm going to go in the other room and watch something else. <laughs> Do you have a guilty pleasure now during, uh, you know, TV-wise during the uh, coronavirus? You know, Terry and I have kind of, you know, we, we look for things on, you know, the Amazon, Netflix, all those things, try to find a series where we can watch, you know, like one episode here and one episode there and something that keeps your interest. So, um you know, but to be honest with you, if this goes on much longer, we're going to run out of things to watch. <laughs> <laughs> you you might be watching some football, old Alabama football games, if that's the case. You're not doing Tiger King, are you? You don't, Have you seen that documentary? I, no, I, I hadn't got there yet. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, it's not LSU related, just letting you know when, when you see that. I want to make sure you know that. Uh, hey, it's great to talk to you. I hope uh, you have a good time watching the draft, and we appreciate your time as always. Okay, Dan. Thank you, buddy. Take care. That's, All right. See you. That's Nick Saban, Alabama head coach. Yes, Paul. Dan, just to recap, uh, Nick Saban told us uh, 10 minutes ago he has never sent an email in his life. He has also never sent a text. Mm-hmm. He receives both. He just started receiving emails. Yeah. He's received texts, and then he calls the person yeah. back. People are quite bothered by this. Well, I like when somebody calls me. Every time? Well, no, there are times when I don't want to hear from people, but it's nice to get a phone call occasionally because my kids, once again, I can text them and they'll respond. I call them, they don't answer. This is like saying, though, you still have dial-up or you still have a flip phone. (laughs) This is like Andrew Luck's flip phone. People are either calling BS or they're troubled by Nick Saban saying he does not send anything. Uh, Yes, Fritzy. I'm trying to understand, does he not know how to respond to it, or does he think it's more polite to return the email with a phone call? I, I got the impression he wasn't sure how to actually do the sending of the email. I think that that's probably the case. I, I don't think he wants to adjust to modern life where you're sending out text all the time, and, and his Instagram and his Facebook and all of those. I just, he's, what, 68 years of age? And if he hasn't learned it now, doesn't feel like he, unless he's trying to stay in touch with, 
recruits or his players, you know, that that's a convenient way of just saying, hey, just checking in, making sure you're okay. Because you know, I'm I'm the king of very, very limited dialogue returning a text message. You'll get a thumbs up or the letter K. That is true. Yes. Yes, Paul. <laughs> but I saw a comedian a few years ago says said that every person eventually gives up on modern technology. They they learn nothing else. At a certain age they say, All right, I'm good. Whatever I've learned so far, and it appears that Nick Saban, I wonder if he has a person who texts back for him, like if he needs to. Like, I'm not a designated texter. Yeah, like Jerry Jones has that guy who does his glasses when he's in the box. But does... that was his son who did his glasses, I think. Inheritance. Yeah, got to do something in that job. Yes, McLevin. It's funny you say you like phone calls. Everyone says phone calls are out. People will not talk on the phone. They will only text. Well, I'm talking about my kids. It's nice to get a phone call from my kids. I don't need it that often, but like I have one daughter who FaceTimes me all the time and I, you know, it's great that she does it, but it's just, you know, I, I don't want to be on camera, even though it's on a phone. I mean, like, I just don't want to do it. And then what I do is I put it up to my ear occasionally and I'm on FaceTime. So she'll go, dad, I can look in your ear. And I'll go, Oh damn it. That FaceTime stuff. Yes, Todd. What about the texting from one room to another? When either you don't want to get up or you're in the middle of something, you know, that's kind of as lazy as it gets when, like, you know, you're letting your kid know it's dinner time and they're in the basement. Oh, your, well, the yeah, I, but I've done that if they're upstairs and, and they might not hear. And then I'll just text. I don't want to walk up the steps, but I'll, it's not like they're next door, like the room 12 feet away. And I got to go in there and say, uh, dinner. Yes. Yeah, I still do the, uh, keep saying their name, but just get progressively louder 150 times until someone hears me. So it's like, Kieran, 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 Kieran. Instead, I could just walk into the other room, but instead I just yell his name. Like, just go get him. My youngest daughter has the hearing of a dog, like unbelievable hearing, (laughs) unbelievable. She can hear all the things that she shouldn't hear, except for when I call her to do something. And I can't like Molly. Hey, Mal. Hey, Malzer. Molly, hey, Molecule. And then you realize <laughs> she, and then I'd say to my wife, I thought she had great hearing. She goes, she has great selective hearing. And I could be whispering something about her. And then she go, I heard that. But you can't hear me call her dinner. <laughs> What'd you say? Huh? All right, we'll take a break. Last call for phone calls here. And what's in store tomorrow? What we learned? I think that's that's enough. And by the way, did you guys see that we have some spaghetti cooking here in the man cave? Did you see the sauce, the Sunday gravy? We have a pasta contest that I created yesterday <laughs> where I said to guys in the back, I, I, I brought up a faux conversation about Sunday gravy and how my mother-in-law, God rest her soul, made absolute, you know, a delicious Sunday gravy. So Alan, the IT guy, goes, I make great Sunday gravy. And then Marvin, whose dad is Italian, says, my dad, or my father-in-law makes unbelievable uh, Sunday gravy. And then Rob, the intern, goes, oh, man, I I make Sunday gravy. So I said to Paulie, watch this. I'm going to have these guys make our lunch here. And under the <laughs> under <laughs> under the disguise of this is a competition. So manipulative. Well, I know. Well done. Yes, it is. Well done. Yes, it is. All right, we'll take a break and back after this on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR. 
or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick show. Oh man. Got some Sunday gravy here on a Wednesday. Who's got it better than us? Final results of the poll question there, McLovin. We'll have uh, this day in sports history. What's in store for Thursday's show? Which pick is going to surprise us most among the quarterbacks in five years? Tua, 40%, and then Justin Herbert right behind him. So people think that's going to be a weird pick. Yeah, I think Jordan Love is going to be the one that it feels like there's something attached to this where we either missed out or somebody went all in and paid the price. Peyton Manning was on SportsCenter yesterday and he gave his thoughts about tom brady moving to the nfc i'm a little surprised he jumped over to the nfc i always see tom brady as an afc guy so he's gonna have to go through initiation uh to learn the ropes of the nfc mm-hmm. uh but they got a great team around him it sounds like bruce arians was my quarterback's coach in that rookie season in my first few years in the NFL. He's got a tough division. I don't think the Saints and the and the Falcons and the Panthers are going to just uh, just let the Bucks kind of roll into town. It should be making for some interesting uh, divisional games and matchups. That's uh, Peyton Manning on the mothership. Best quarterbacking division. Because I got, I got Brady and I got Breeze and I got Bridgewater and I got Matt Ryan. It's pretty good, right? Two of the greatest of all time. And Matt Ryan's going to be a Hall of Famer probably when it's all said and done. By the way, Saquon Barkley on the program tomorrow. Chase Young will join us and uh, Daniel Jeremiah, the uh, draft expert for the NFL Network. Yeah, Paul. If the AFC West didn't have Mahomes, Denver's quarterback situation, Oakland's quarterback situation, eh, Chargers quarterback situation. Well, what if Tua goes to the Chargers? Saucy. If Herbert goes there. I'm trying to think, um, you got Cowboys with Dak, Carson Wentz, Dwayne Haskins, Daniel Jones. It's okay. NFC West, Garoppolo, Russell Wilson, Goff, Kyler Murray. Okay. McLovin, who has the best quarterbacking, best division for quarterback? Two Hall of Famers in Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford. Maybe a Hall of Famer. We think. But we, then you got the Trubisky factor or Nick Foles. That's not bad, but none of them are perfect. Well, you look at the AFC East now. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, and Jared Stidham. Yeah, McClub. No would help any division? Add a Cam Newton into the mix. Maybe well, with I, the Chargers? I think after the draft is when you're going to find out what happens with Andy Dalton, uh, what's going to happen with Jameis Winston and Cam Newton. Andy Dalton could be a backup. I think, and and of course, you're going to say, well, wait, yeah, he could be a backup. No, you mentally have to be able to prepare for a game differently. You know, Chase Daniels has has had a job for a decade and hasn't played much. Why? Because he is really good at preparing the starting quarterback. He helps uh, Colt McCoy. They understand the role. I think Cam Newton has too big of an ego where he's just not going to go, let me be the backup quarterback. With being the backup quarterback, it's more than holding the clipboard. You know, you're basically another offensive coordinator there. And you have to be ready to do that. You know, can Jameis do that? Would he want to do that? Andy Dalton. Somebody's going to have to be a backup quarterback. And, you know, like RG3 had to accept being a backup quarterback to Lamar Jackson. And that probably was pretty tough even though he hasn't had much success 
uh, recently. This day in sports history, Pauling. Got a few. Babe Ruth made his debut with the Baltimore Orioles in 1914 as a pitcher. Overrated. <laughs> 19, <hot. laughs> 1915, the New York Yankees wore pinstripes for the first time. And this is for McLovin. 1994, Michael Moore became the first left-handed heavyweight champion. McLovin likes all things left-handed. Mm. <laughs> okay. Why did the Yankees pick pinstripes? Did this have to do with, and I don't know if it's true or not, it just came to mind, gangsters? Or, you know, people who wore pinstripe suits? Slimming, maybe some guys were a little overweight. Like Babe Ruth? A little overrated? I don't know, did anybody ever, I, I don't know how we came up with pinstripes. What about plaid? Paulie would love plaid. Oh, yeah. See if we can come up with that answer uh, by tomorrow. Uh, let me see, Rick in Ohio, uh, Hawaii, Hawaii uh, joins us. Hi, Rick. Hey, how's it? Love all you guys on the show. Thank you, Rick. I um, just wanted to say, um, first with uh, Brady and now Gronk, there could be a bona fide trend developing. And as a good slogan for all of it, how about orange is the old Pats? Oh, okay. Orange is the new blend. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Rick. Uh, somebody just offered up, if you have Big Ben, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield Jr., the third. All right. Interesting division. Jury's still out on Baker. Lamar needs to have playoff success. Joe Burrow's probably going to have a rough ride here, and Ben's a Hall of Famer. It's an enter- I will say that would be an entertaining division with quarterbacks. Uh, Jason in Nebraska. Hi, Jace. First time, long time. You guys are the best. Uh, wanted to help out Fritzy because yesterday I noticed you guys rolled your eyes with his numbers. And I was watching ESPN yesterday, and it did, in fact, show that Vic was number one, followed by Tony Romo turning 40. So just wanted to okay. let you guys know that. So uh, suck it front row and McLeod on that <laughs> All right. one. And earlier you had mentioned you wanted, uh, you wish that, you know, you're talking about J-Lo and buying the team, uh, A-Rod, um, you know, you had your chance yesterday with the GoFundMe, so there you no, go. No, no, I don't, I don't need help with the GoFundMe, but thank you, Jace. Todd, did you double dip and steal this from ESPN? I did not. Or did you give it to them? I did not give it to them either. Okay. Well, I was going to give you credit. I appreciate it. I'm trying to be honest. You know, I, who deserves, no what doing. you know who deserves credit? The chat Who's row. That? I don't think they get enough credit. I don't think they, they don't. get enough love. You guys always say they don't deserve it, and I say, no, we should give the chat row Credit, a shout out there. I'll do it. You guys won't. Hope you're happy. Uh, LegalZoom makes it easy to set up the right estate plan without leaving your home. Take care of your family today with the right estate plan at LegalZoom.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on the Dan Patrick Show.